you again for being here, and thanks to, to Brett and John and our whole band for putting a worship set together in Sean's absence. Weren't they great? Thank you so much for that. And by the way, I think that's a sign of excellent leadership that Sean can leave his team and they can run it very capably. So, so thanks to Sean, wherever you are, my friend. Um, yeah, we've had a fun time over the past few weeks here. It's been an exciting time. It's been an exciting summer so far for Hope Community Church. We've got our, our newest associate pastor who is with us, and we've had some people go on vacations and some adventures that have taken place. I want to take just a minute to... Uh, to um, pick on some people who are here today. Um, just this past weekend, we had a wedding in our family, and so my sister-in-law, Stephanie, married her fiancé, Douglas, and so Steph and Doug are here, and so congratulations, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Gobrecht. Oh, hey, hey. So it's been a full two days, or not even two days of being married, so it's working out so far. So far, I mean, they're just, they're killing this whole marriage thing. You're doing a great job. And so congratulations to you and to the whole Parcel family. Um, I had the opportunity to officiate that wedding, which was a real honor. I always get a little bit nervous when I'm officiating a wedding for someone like that I actually really know and care about. And so, um, but I think the ceremony was, it was awesome. We got our family involved. It was a great time. Uh, while we were at the reception, I was reminded of another wedding that, that I was a part of and attended years ago. It was actually my brother-in-law's wedding, and there was something really strange that happened at this reception um, that I got to tell you about, okay? I got to tell you this story, and it's not for the faint of heart. I just want to let you, if you're eating something, you probably want to stop while I'm telling you this story. It was a very strange thing I saw, and so we were gathered there, and you know how wedding receptions work, and so we're gathered there, and um, I think it was very early on in the reception, and so we had just started like our first course or, or you know, the salad course or whatnot. And uh, the where, place I was sitting was just about as far away as you could be from the bar setup. And so I'm about as far away as you can be, and I'm staring at the bar. And for some reason, nobody else was like looking in that direction, I felt like. I felt like I was the only one to witness what happened. And so I'm looking at the bar, and I watch a guy come up to the bar. And he's leaning over, and I don't know what he's saying. I'm about as far away as you can be. And then I witness him projectile vomit, the most glorious spurt I've ever seen, just, just all over. It just when I was on the bar and all this stuff, and I'm, I'm, is anybody else seeing this? This is crazy. And so the bartenders are scrambling because they don't want anybody else to witness this, or they're shut down for the night, right? Did you even know this happened? Okay. Did you know about this? Yeah, at Adams, at Adams, Yeah. And so this happened, they're scrambling, they're cleaning up, and I'm like, I can't, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. And so after I get over the initial shot, I almost felt like I witnessed like a UFO or something. Like that, I was like, is no one else seeing this? All right, I'm getting queasy, I gotta sit down. Anyway, after I got over the initial shock, I started to think to myself, my goodness gracious, this guy, I mean, this is just some typical Delco dude that can't hold it together, and he's there at the, I mean, it's just, it's the beginning of the reception, hold it together, buddy, how, how far in advance was he pre-gaming this event that he's throwing up already, and you're throwing up, like, hold it together, dude, and so, I, did I tell you in the moment, Holly, so I told him, I'm like, Holly, I can't believe what I just saw, can you believe this guy getting that drunk already, I mean, I know people drink at weddings, and, th- and stuff happens, and stuff happens, life happens. But already, like at the bar, and come on, have some class, buddy. And so I think it was the day after the wedding, and maybe a couple days after the wedding, um, my brother-in-law texted me to thank me for doing the ceremony. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, something along the lines of, thanks for doing the ceremony. 
Uh, your words were inspirational. None of us will ever be the same, and I wish I was half the man that you are. Something along those lines. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, but we got into a little, that's not what he said. We got into a little bit of a conversation, and I said, dude, did you hear about the guy? Did you see this? Did anybody tell you about that? And so we went back and forth a little bit in it. Well, <clears throat> long story short, <clears throat> he tells me that this guy is a special needs individual. I know. And so here I was. I was being so critical. I made all these snap judgments, but it turns out it really wasn't a consuming too much alcohol situation as opposed to like a legitimate health thing. And I felt terrible. <laughs> and I tried to play it off as like, oh, so I was just making fun of somebody. Was, oh, God, that's the kind of person I am. Anyway, but, but I felt really bad about it because I just did the thing what so many of us do. I just made some snap judgments. I mean, what would you assume in that situation? You're at a wedding. You know people are drinking. You see this happening. You put two and two together. Ah, this guy must be drunk, can't hold his alcohol, you know? But I was just wrong about that. That wasn't the full story. I, did, I didn't know the background that I made all these snap judgments. Now, don't, don't leave me out to dry on this one. We all do this, don't we? We see things happen, and we make assumptions, right? It's so easy. It's so effortless to be critical. It's so effortless and natural to be judgmental and to make those kind of snap judgments and assume you know the story before you've even heard it. It's so, you don't have to, I mean, you know what I mean? But you don't have to work on being critical. No one's ever said that. I need to be more judgmental in my life. You know, no one's ever tried to do that. It just, it's just human nature. And we can be critical, and sometimes that criticism, it just kind of stays in our head or stays in our heart. And sometimes we vocalize that criticism. You talk to somebody else and say, can you believe that guy over there? Can you believe them over there and what they're doing? You kinda, you're critical without actually pointing it at the person. Or sometimes we take to social media and we complain about stuff or we criticize or we judge other people online. It's just it's effortless. It's easy. In fact, we live in a day and age where people, some people create these fake online profiles just for the purpose of being able to, to criticize somebody else and, and judge somebody else and tear somebody else down. I mean, that's, that's the world that we live in. Now, now I don't know that we're, we're more critical now than we've ever been, but I do know it's easier to vocalize those critiques and those judgments with, with social media and with all the online platforms. It's, it's, just, it's just who we are. And one of my concerns about this is, like, we've gotten to a place where it's not just being critical in general. It's just like this kind of really worthless, fruitless kind of critiquing. You know what I mean? Like, it would be one thing if you, like, if you saw somebody, if you had somebody in your life, okay, and you watched how they were spending money, and they're spending it recklessly, and they're spending it foolishly, and they're going to run out of it. And if, if you saw that person do that, right, you'd have some options, right? I mean, you could turn to your spouse, you could turn to a friend, you'd be like, can you believe this guy and how they're spending? Isn't that wrong? Aren't they crazy? Aren't we better than them because we don't spend money like that? You could do that, or, or you could have a conversation with that individual and say, sit down, I'd like to critique you for a bit, right? That'd go over well, right? Maybe don't start it that way. You could say, let, let, me, let me share some of my concerns with you. I mean, if you did it that way, it might not go great, but at least there's a chance for something good to take place. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a chance for someone to make some changes or to, to have an epiphany of some kind and say, you know what, maybe I do need to change. When you just have this kind of fruitless, worthwhile critiquing of other people, you're not really working towards making things better. You know what I mean by that? You're not trying to see an improvement. You're just saying what you're doing is bad and foolish and wrong, and therefore I'm superior. That's the attitude that we have. It's kind of like, it, it's part, I believe it's part of our nature as human beings. You know, this world we live in, my goodness, 
it's so broken and we experience so much pain and, and so many of us struggle with, with inadequacy or feelings of insecurity. And, and sometimes, listen, we don't, we don't want to be judgmental, do we? We don't want to be critical. But sometimes it just happens. We got this thing inside of ourselves that wells up and it's just like it's easier to critique somebody else than to look at yourself and say, what do I need to change? Isn't that so much easier? And it's easier to identify somebody else's problem, somebody else's foolishness, somebody else's wrongdoing than it is to look at yourself and point that same critical perspective at your own life and what you're doing. I've used the term critical. I've talked about being critical, and, and I've kind of interchanged that with judgmental. Maybe you've noticed that. And the reason that I'm doing that is, is, is basically simple. Like, I, I'm hoping that you might be willing to consider the fact or might be open to the possibility that you struggle with being too critical of other people or just unnecessarily critical. My fear is that if I use the term judgmental, you may be like, well, I'm not a judgmental person, and that's fine because none of us want to be. But don't we all struggle with that? having some criticism well up inside of us, and it's like, why do I even care what that person does? Why am I even critiquing these celebrities that I'm never going to meet? Why am I critiquing? Where is this coming from, and what good is it doing anyone? I mean, to live with that, to live with that crit critical nature, it doesn't, it's no good for you. It's not doing anybody any good. Let's take a look at those couple verses that Josh Peterkin read for us today. See what Jesus has to say about this whole thing. And this is from Matthew chapter 7. And as I often, you know, talk about here, this, this passage is, um, it's part of the Sermon on the Mountain. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, those three chapters make up this extended period of teaching. And, and what do I always say, those of you who have been here before, what do I always say about the Sermon on the Mountain? You can read that. It's just three chapters. It's awesome. Do yourself a favor this afternoon. Sit in some air conditioning, have some iced tea. Read the Sermon on the Mountain for yourself. Because there's so much awesome teaching in there, and so much, listen, so much of what Jesus has to say in his sermon doesn't have to do with heaven, really. Most of what Jesus has to say deals with life on this side of heaven, life in this world, and how we relate to one another, and how we get along with one another, and how we should treat one another, and how we should love one another. That's really the focus of the Sermon on the Mountain. And she's, so Jesus turns his attention to this issue of, of being overly critical or being judgmental, and, and here's what it says here, do not judge, or you too will be judged, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be used to you. And so, it, again, this is one of the more um, well-known things that Jesus said. In fact, a lot of times when those of us who are, who are Christians or those of us who are familiar with this verse, when, when we feel like we're being judged, right? when we feel like somebody else is maybe criticizing us or when we feel like maybe somebody else is bringing up an issue in our lives that we don't want to hear about, sometimes we're quick to say, well, don't judge me, man. Don't judge me, man, right? I'm, I'll admit it. I've said that, right? Don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? You know what I mean? I, I can remember specific instances where I've responded that way, just out of self-defense. That's how we are. Don't judge me. But so often, I mean, no one's ever said those words, don't judge me, and they've really been doing nothing wrong, right? We say that out of self-defense, don't judge me, man. And so let's make something clear right now, because we Christians, we've been hung up on this whole thing for years. We don't want to be judgmental, right? I made a joke about the baby parade, the 4th of July, they need some judges, they call the Christians. No, we don't want to fall into that stereotype. Those of us in this room who are at a place in our lives where we would consider ourselves followers of Jesus or Christians or disciples or whatever the term is that you want to use, we don't want to be judgmental. We know there's a stereotype, 
And we don't want to be that thing. In fact, our church collectively, I feel like we've worked pretty hard to let the people in our community know that's not us. We're not judgmental. We don't want to be that way. But over the years, Christians have struggled with this concept of judgment and all this stuff. And, and basically, let me try to clarify something right now, okay? There is a difference between being judgmental and having good judgment, right? There's a difference between being judgmental and having good judgment. There is a difference between kind of deciding somebody else's sentencing for them, like to condemn someone or to sentence someone or to say, okay, I've witnessed what you've done and it's wrong and it's bad and you deserve whatever. There's a difference between condemning and just being able to tell for yourself, decide for yourself what's right and what's wrong, what's wise and what's foolish. And so we don't want to be as a people, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And listen, if you're not a Christian and you're here today, if you're, first off, thanks for being here, but this applies to you as well. You don't want to be judgmental, but you do want to have sound judgment, don't you? I mean, you want to be able to differentiate between what's wise and what's foolish. You want to be able to make decisions that are going to be beneficial to your life and, and not put you in a bad spot. You want to have good judgment. And those of you who are parents, you want your kids to have good judgment. You don't want your kids to be judgmental, but you want them to have sound judgment, be able to know the difference between wisdom and foolishness, right? And so I'm kind of oversimplifying the issue here, but it's important that we, we, we have some clarification. It's not like Jesus is saying, you can't decide for yourself, you can't think for yourself, you can't have an opinion about what's right and what's wrong, you can't decide, you can't have good judgment. He's not saying that, okay? Because some of us, let me get specific, some of us fall into a trap where we see someone we love, someone we care about engaging in something that's, that's foolish or wrong or just outright, you know, a sin, just outright evil. You know, we see a loved one, and maybe it's like a brother or sister in a faith, maybe it's someone who, who actually proclaims to be a Christian, and we see them engaging in behavior that's just, it's bad. It's completely outside of God's boundaries. We see that, and sometimes we say, well, I don't want to call them out on that because I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to do that. See, that's not the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about. He's not. He's not saying that. He's talking about the other way. You know what I mean? Is this, is this making, I'm really hot. Is this making sense at all? <laughs> it's warm up here, okay? Is this making sense? It's like sometimes we back away from having real conversations with people. Hey, I want to talk to you, and I'm concerned about you, and I love you, and I see what's happening. And sometimes we just say, well, I don't want to come across as judgmental, right? I mean, li- listen, I, uh, I've been accused of a lot of things in my life that I don't think I am and I don't think I've done, but I have been accused of being judgmental. And sometimes that makes me frustrated. I feel like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do I have to agree with every decision that everybody makes in order not to be judgmental? Because I'm not going to do that. I can't agree. Oh, that's wise. No, that's not wise. If something's not wise, you don't have to pretend that it is, right? And so part of the point I'm trying to get at here is if there is someone that you're concerned about, it's worthwhile to bring the issue up to them as opposed to just being overly critical, overjudgmental. And look what Jesus says here. I mean, read the rest of the chapter for yourself to really fill it out here. But look what he says. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The way that, and, and just for the sake of clarity, let's swap in the word criticize, okay? I'm not trying to change the Bible because... I'm pretty sure that's a bad thing. But just for the sake of clarity, okay, what if we say the measure, the the amount of criticism that you give to other people, they're going to criticize you. Do you want that? Does that give you pause? Say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want people critiquing me based on some mistake that I made. I don't want people judging me based on this kind of, you know, I lost my temper at one point in time. I, I, I hope that people, when they're looking at my life and when they see me mess up, I hope that they will extend grace to me. I hope that they will be gracious towards me. This whole message in a word, the word of the day, 
is grace. We need to be gracious towards one another. Do you know what grace means? Grace is, is this thing like mercy and grace are somehow interconnected. Mercy is, is kind of sparing someone a punishment that they deserve, but grace is a gift. I'm just going to give this gift to you. I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And when I see that dude thrown up in a bar, I'm not going to make any assumptions. Well, maybe he's sick. Maybe, you know, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to critique. I'm going to give that person the benefit of the doubt. Isn't that how you want other people to see you? How you want them to treat you with grace? You know, I always remember, this is, had to be over a year ago, just a random parenting story, right? Okay? I'm not a perfect parent, right, Lily? I'm not a perfect parent. She can, she can, she can vouch for that. Right, Eve? Right? And so... I think this was over a year ago. Holly and I were having a conversation, very level-headed conversation, just going back and forth, and the kids were talking in the background and kept asking for our attention. We're, not right now, mommy and daddy are talking. Not right now, mommy and daddy are talking. And I'm just having a normal, you know, normal volume conversation with Holly, and then I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I just blurted out with, quiet! Did you ever have one of those parenting moments? Oh, was it just me, right? And I just got to a point where I'd had enough. Stop interrupting. Stop talking. Stop. Quiet. And when my neighbors heard me yell that, which I assume they did, I hope that they were gracious towards me. Oh, that's a bad parent losing his temper, blah, blah, blah. I hope they're like, you know what? Everybody has their breaking point, and we know Josh, and he's a good dad, and he cares for his kids. And he has, listen, we all, I hope that was their response. Do you see what I'm talking about? Grace. We need to be gracious towards one another. It's a gift. It's a gift. Now, here's where this gets messy, and I've already kind of talked about this a little bit. I mean, sometimes we just want to be gracious, but there is a time to step in and speak up and have some real conversations. When I say we need to be gracious, I'm not saying we need to let everything slide and everything. I'm not saying that, right? I'm just saying if we're going to critique, if we're going to, to be able to differentiate between wisdom and foolishness, if we're going to look at somebody else's life and see what they're doing is wrong, we need to be coming at that conversation from a place of grace and love. The reason that I'm sitting down with you and having this conversation isn't because I want you to feel bad about the choices you've made. The reason that I'm sitting down with you and having this real conversation is because I love you, I have an invested interest in your life, and I want what's best for you. That's how we go about it. Does that make sense? Instead of just saying, here, you're wrong. And, and listen, like, preachers do this all the time, right? Listen, I, for some, I still feel like I'm new at this. It's been six years, I hope. I still feel like I'm, I'm, this is amateur hour every time you come in here, and I apologize. Thanks for putting up with me. But I feel so new at this. But I don't want to fall into that trap where people gather in here, and I say, okay, let's talk about all the things you're doing wrong and close in prayer. I don't want to fall into that trap. We need to be gracious toward one another. But that requires intentionality. Now, what I said earlier is this. You don't need to work on being critical. You don't need to work on trying to be more judgmental. That's human nature. What we do need to work on, what we do need to focus on, is being more gracious. There's a term that Pastor Sean used last Sunday in his message that I was able to listen to because we have that podcast. Did I mention that? (laughs) There's a term he used and it's a term that he picked up from another pastor, but I'm just going to give Sean credit for it. So there's a term that Sean made up, let's say. This term, fellow struggler. Fellow struggler. And this pastor took the attitude and he called himself a fellow struggler. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do on a very practical level. When you feel that critiquing welling up inside of you, when you feel that snap judgments occurring, what I want you to do is look at that person and realize this person is a fellow struggler. We are all, listen, I don't want to be a downer, 
We are all, all of us, however old, young, however much money you have or don't have, we are all struggling, to some degree, struggling our way through life. This is, this is true. This, this world is not what God originally intended. This world is a broken place. There is death here. There is sadness here. There is heartbreak here. There is pain here. There is illness here. And you don't know somebody else's backstory. You don't know all the details. You don't know. And so when you feel yourself welling up with that judgmentalness or that critiquing nature, just pause and realize, wait, I mess up too. I'm struggling. You're struggling. We're fellow strugglers. Fellow strugglers. Here's why I'm talking to you about this today. This is so important for us as a church. I feel like grace is one of these missing ingredients from our faith so often. I feel like grace is one of these missing ingredients from the, you know, the Christian cake. The Christian cake? There's a term that will never catch on. I feel like it's a missing ingredient. Sometimes love is missing. Sometimes grace is missing. Sometimes humility can be missing. From, it's like if you don't have those ingredients in the recipe, it's just not appealing, right? You make a cake without sugar, it's just like, what is this garbage? You know, it might be good for you, but I don't want it. Like if you, if you miss it, a key ingredient, no one else wants it. And so many people have been turned off to Jesus because of us. Well, maybe not us, but because of Christians, right? We need to have all the ingredients, love, humility, and we need to have grace. We can't put unfair expectations on people. One of the first problems they had in the early church is you had these followers, before they were even called Christians, you had these followers of Jesus, followers of the way, the movement of Jesus Christ, you had the church, and you had this, this kind of inequality in the church because they started all as, as Jewish people, and then you had some Gentiles grafted in, and the Jewish people were like, well, what do we do? Just let them in? Don't they have to live according to the Jewish standard before they can be Christians? It's like, no. Peter stands up and says, listen, none of us were able to do that. Why should we put it on them? None of us were able to live up to the standard that God set for us on the old. None of us. I mean, quit lying over there, Barnabas or whoever. Like, none of us were able to do that. Why should we expect that of them? That's a wonderful attitude that Peter had. And I believe that was the Holy Spirit giving Peter that attitude, this realization that none of us are living this out according to God's ideal. So let's be gracious toward one another. We've got to have all the ingredients in order to make this appealing. Some of you, this is your first church. Some of you, you had church in your, maybe when you were younger, and you just walked away. Maybe one of the reasons you walked away is because of all this judgmental stuff. Or maybe it wasn't overtly judgmental. Maybe you just felt critiqued every time you came in. You just feel like, man, I'm not good enough because I don't know X, Y, or Z, or I'm not, I'm not giving as much money as that person, or I'm not reading my Bible as much as that person. So I just, you just feel critiqued to death. You say, you know what? I'm out. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you in this room have had that experience? It's a common experience here in Delaware County. A lot of people feel that way. I'm done being critiqued to death. We need to be different. We need to be a community that's, that's characterized by our capacity for grace. We need to have all the ingredients in the cake to make this, the message of Jesus Christ, appealing to those who are very much in need of what Jesus has to offer. And what Jesus has to offer is, is a way of life, and a way to, to live life in the here and now, 
And then he also has salvation for us. Our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, the people you know, the people your kids go to school with, they need that Jesus. They need those realities and those gifts that Jesus brings. And so we need to help them. So we need to stop being overly critical. We need to stop being judgmental. We need to be a people who are characterized by grace. Let's pray on that. Lord Jesus Christ, you are... You are the ultimate example of what it means to be gracious. You have given gifts to us that we do not deserve. You have loved us more than we could ever be worthy of. And Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus to be our ultimate example of who you are and what you're about, God. And Lord Jesus, we know. We know that you have set standards for us. We know that you have given us boundaries to live within for our own good. And you know our weakness as human beings. You know that we all struggle. And when we struggle, God, we are so grateful that you are gracious towards us. We want to have that same kind of grace with others, Lord. Make us a people. Make us a gracious people. Make us a people characterized by your brand of grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.